Well, here we are. Last Sunday of the year. Well, I don't know about you, but I look back. 2019, sort of hard. Then again, 2018, sort of hard too. 2017 was really hard. I think 1968 was pretty hard too. You know what? I look at my life, life's been hard. But God has been good. God has been good every year, regardless of how it ends or how it starts. God is good. Um, I want to take you on a journey this morning. I want to let you take a walk with me. Uh, We're going to look at the book of Joshua, and I'm going to start by reading Joshua chapter 1, the first nine verses. But then I want to talk to you a little bit. I just want to share the story of the book of Joshua, because it's not what you think it is. Well, it might not be. Uh, It might be exactly what you think it is. But I want to just share some things with you, because we're going to go through the entire book. So I hope you're ready just to sit back, relax, and listen quickly, because I'm going to try to speak quickly, all right? Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, and it begins like this. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. A little more than 40 years earlier, Moses was standing before Pharaoh, and there was a plague of flies going throughout the land, and Pharaoh couldn't take it anymore. And he said, look, just tell God I want it to be done. Moses said, all you have to do is let God's people go. And Pharaoh said, I'll let them go, but they just can't go very far away. You know what? You'll never be where God wants you to be unless you leave this world far behind. You'll never get there. So 
when God speaks to Joshua 40 years later, he says, everywhere you walk, I'm going to give you. So what I want you to do, I want you to walk far. I want you to walk far. I've got all these things in my head, and I seem to say that every time I come to speak before you, because I've got all these thoughts in my head, and I thought about um, a lot of different things that I thought I wanted to share, but I don't. I just want to get right to the book of Joshua. And I want to give you an overview. Before, I want to give you an overview of what I'm going to talk about before I tell you what I'm going to talk about, all right? Joshua chapter 1 deals with the commissioning of Joshua. He looks at the, the fact that the leader is dead and gone and will never come back. And they will never follow this leader ever again. So now God establishes a new leader and a new direction. He's going to ask them to do some things that they've never done before. Joshua chapter 3 tells us about crossing the Jordan River. And they've crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, but this is going to be different. Crossing the Jordan is going to be very different than crossing the Red Sea. Joshua chapter 5 tells us about a renewal of the covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants. And we see that at Gilgal, there was a tremendous um, renewal there. But also in chapter 5, we see that um, one of the things that they had become accustomed to for 40 years was manna every morning. Get up every morning, go pick up manna, and now things were going to change. It would stop. They no longer had that type of provision ever again. But then God revealed himself to Joshua as the captain of the host. That changed everything. Chapter 6, we see great victory at Jericho. You know the story. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. You know the story about that. Chapter 7, though, we see great defeat. We see the sin of Achan. We see the defeat at Ai. We see how life was changed forever for a particular family. Joshua chapter 9, you see deception in the Gibeonites. Joshua chapter 14, you see that finally, finally after 40-some years, God's promise to Joshua and Caleb came to come to pass. Caleb says to Joshua, God promised me the mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me the mountain. He said, I'm just, my eye hasn't dimmed. I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I want what you promised me. That'll get you preaching right there. Then we see Joshua chapter 22. We've seen things aren't always the way they appear to be. Two and a half tribes, the tribes that were allowed to be on this side of the Jordan, they came back and they made a choice. They made a decision. And in that decision, all the other people of God misunderstood what they were doing. And I'm going to talk to you about that for just a minute. But then chapter 24 is what we hear about Joshua. It's his farewell address. He says, look... I'm going the same way as Moses. And I want to remind you of some things before I go. I have 20 grandchildren. And you know what? I want to take time to remind them of things before I go. I'm not planning on going tomorrow, but you never know. You never know. I can guarantee you one thing. A crowd this size, there will be some people next year when we do the last Sunday in December will not be here. 
They'll either be gone, they'll be in the presence of the Lord, or they'll have judgment upon them because they fail to ever receive Jesus Christ. I can tell you. I know that there will be some that will experience loss. Some will have a great year. I can't tell you all what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. Change is going to happen in your life. So I want to look at this story, and I want to go through some principles because this is not about going to heaven. We have the picture of crossing the Jordan River, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. But crossing the Jordan River, no matter how many spirituals we sing about it, it's not about going from this world to heaven. It's not about that. It's about me leaving the plane where I am and moving to a place where God wants me to be. It's that victorious Christian life. It's a life full of battles. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. God doesn't. God always wins. But sometimes you lose in the place where God wants you to be. It's a story about decisions, choices made and commitments made. Sometimes the choices impact a family negatively for an entire, well, for all eternity. And other times a family is changed forever because of the commitment that's made. That's what the story, that's what this book is about. It's about you, it's about me living for Jesus Christ all the days of my life. I was thinking about this this week. The scripture tells me that a day with the Lord is a thousand years. I used to be a math teacher, so I started thinking about all this math stuff, and I started breaking it down. In my 70 years, three score and 10 is what the scripture tells me I get, maybe perchance by strength, four score, I get 70 to 80 years. If you break that down into God's time frame, it's basically 90 minutes with God. My 70 years here is an hour and a half. You say, well, how do you get that? I'll just break it down. 12 hours is 500 years. I mean, you can break it. You can come up with the same numbers I did. So I'm just telling you this. I've started thinking about what am I going to do with my hour and a half in the sight of God. I'm just as a grasshopper. I am as an insect with a lifespan of an insect in the, in the sight of God. That's why he can tell us. He looks at us, all the people of this world, are just like grasshoppers. So I'm just telling you this. I don't have long on this earth, and neither do you. Scripture talks about a vapor. If you get 70 years, good for you. If you get 80, you're on borrowed time. If you get more than that, you got a little more borrowed time. So I'm just telling you, you better make a decision how you're going to live, and you better do it quickly, and you better do it well. So I'm going to share 10 points with you. Sometimes... God's purpose and plan leads you to do things and experience things that you've never done before. And there are some things that God desires for you to do that you must just simply accept and embrace whether you understand it or not. God wanted Joshua to take this people, lead them fearlessly and faithfully to do something they'd never done before. He says, look, what I want you to do, I just want you to move on. I know you're mourning. I know you've looked at the past. I know you see everything that's going on there. But I want you to get up and move now. He says, arise, go over Jordan. That's what I want for you to do. He said, I don't want you just to stay in the same old place, doing the same old thing, getting the same old results. He says, I want you to get up, move on. Don't forget Moses, but Moses is not here with you now, but the God of your fathers is. That's what he wants. 
He said, so you need to move on. He said, and I want you also to understand that you need to walk far. You need to go as far as you can possibly go in my strength, not your own. He said, every place you step, I'm stepping on this this step and this step and this step. And everywhere I walk, God's going to give me. If you had that promise, you better be walking as far as you can walk. Do you understand? That's what he was telling them. He said, walk far. He said, I want you to understand that I've got something for you that you cannot get on your own. He says, this promise, this promise is going to change everything forever. Man. We haven't got to the Psalms yet. They don't have the Psalms. They don't have a lot of the scripture that you and I have. All they know is that God gave a promise to someone a long, long time ago that a Redeemer was coming. The Redeemer is still coming and they're still expecting it. We just celebrated that Redeemer. So I want to take you very quickly through this charge. He says to Joshua, he said, I want you to move on, rise, get up, go over Jordan. He said, I want you to walk far and I want you to stay straight. I want you to, he said, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left, be strong and courageous. Because you're part of the promise. You're part of the solution. Would to God, everybody in here today would say, I want to be part of the solution. I want to be part of what God is doing. I just don't want to sit down and just wait for somebody else to serve me. I want to serve. I want to see God do something great in accordance with his plan. That can be us. Let me just tell you, if it's us, if it's this church body, Raleigh County is turned upside down. If it's this church body, Fayette County is turned upside down. I can tell you just this group right here. As a matter of fact, some of you may go around the world. Some of you may go back home to other places you're just visiting. I'm telling you that if you see that you are part of the promise, part of God's purpose and part of God's plan, we can turn the world upside down for Jesus Christ once again. Well, stay straight. You're part of the, you're part of the solution. Be obedient. Don't get distracted. Stay straight. Boy, I'm telling you, life comes at us so fast, it's easy to get distracted. Isn't it? And it's easy. So don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Joshua had seen the land that was promised to him. Forty years earlier, the other spies, ten other spies went with him. They saw the same thing. And you know what? They were afraid. They were afraid of the things that Joshua knew they could conquer. They were afraid of giants. The giants are still in the land. They're afraid of the walled cities. They were afraid of the armies. The armies are still there. The walled cities are still there. But this time, this time, they're going to move forward, recognizing that it's God that's going to win the battle. Don't be afraid when you see fearful things. Just trust the Lord. Don't be discouraged when you hear hard things that are hard to understand. Just trust God for the understanding. But then I want to take you to the crossing of the Jordan. There are some places that you can only go by faith. You need to recognize the moving of God. That takes some consideration. That takes some meditation. That takes some determination to be quiet and listen and watch what God is doing. Recognize the moving of God. And the first thing with that is simply believe what he has revealed. He told them, he said, see the ark. When you see the ark move, you move. When you recognize God's moving, move. 
Renew your commitment. He said, sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. Separate yourself unto God. Renew that commitment. And many of you, you don't have to make a New Year's resolution. You can if you want, but it's okay. Whether you keep it or not, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, you can renew your commitment to God, and God will do great things if you commit to him. Ready yourself to follow after God. This is one of the things that really interests me. You acknowledge God's moving, and when you do that, you prepare for change. And embrace the change as God's will. Respond by faith and move into the unknown. That's, that's the problem right there, isn't it? When I go by faith, I have to go someplace that I don't know where he's going. That's what was going to happen to um, Joshua and his people. Now, I want to talk to you about crossing the Jordan. Everybody was going to have to cross by faith, but it was going to affect them all a little differently. You see, the priests were carrying the ark, and they first started walking, and they started moving, and the first guy got into the water. And as he got into the water, nothing happened. So he had to go a little bit further. Still, nothing happened. He goes a little bit further, and finally, when the last guy holding the ark gets into the water, That's when things change. Sometimes when you walk by faith, you're going to get wet. We like to think it's when we walk by faith, everything's going to be hunky-dory, and we're just going to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground, and everything's going to be good. Well, it's not always like that. Sometimes you have to get wet. The priest got wet, and they, I think the first guy, this is that flood tide. And I think the guy that's holding the ark out front, I think he's up to his chest. I think he's thinking, man, he better get in the water soon because this is going to be over my head. Sometimes when you walk by faith, you believe it's going to be over your head. But you just keep walking. And as soon as that last guy got in, oh, wait a minute. I can't do this by myself then, can I? We like to think that just walking by faith is something we do on our own. But the reality is that the Jordan River was not going to be crossed until they got in together. And when all the priests that were carrying the ark got into the water together, then things started happening. You can't think you're a lone wolf and going to serve Jesus. You have to be part of what God is doing and move together. And once they did, then the waters pile up on this side and they walked across on dry ground. But then some even had to go back and pick up rocks. I'll pick at that guy right there. He's a big, strong-looking guy. We'll have him pick up a rock. We'll have him pick up a rock. No, not him. Uh, We'll have him pick up a rock. And they would identify 12 people that would have to bear another burden by faith. And why did they do that? Because when they got on the other side, they were going to make a monument so that all the generations to follow would see this is what God has done. Now, I really don't want to spend any more time on faith. Because whenever you start talking about faith, it's sort of like when I was in high school, we had a little cheer. The cheerleaders would get on one side and say, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And then those guys would cheer back to us. We got spirit. Yes, we do. You know what? That's what happens when we talk about faith. I got faith. Yes, I do. I got faith. How about you? And we try to, we try to compete. We try to compete with faith. And I'm telling you, that's not what God wants. He wants us to cooperate with faith. So, 
I'm going to move on from Joshua chapter 3 because they crossed over. When they crossed over, they got to a place called Gilgal. And there at Gilgal, it was a renewal of the covenant that God had made with Abraham. And that sign of that covenant was circumcision. And for 40 years, they hadn't followed that right during the wilderness years. And now they're going to have to do it all over again. And they circumcised all the men. Let me just tell you something. There are some things you can only learn through pain. The holiness of God is something that you cannot approach except through pain. You try winning the battle over sin, right? The battle of the flesh. That's what Gilgal represents, the painful removal of the flesh. And I can just tell you that there are certain things that you can only learn through pain. The depths of love only comes when you understand the depths of pain. When I think about Jesus Christ, what he did for us, I cannot understand his love without grasping the pain that he went through for me. So there are certain things that you can only learn through pain. But then I also want you to see in um, chapter 5 that there are some things you can only see through grace. Joshua's over there looking out at Jericho, comes to a place quiet on his own, and he sees somebody standing over there. And he has a sword in his hand. And Joshua asks a question. He asks a question that many of us would ask. The question was this. Are you for us or are you for them? And I love the answer that the captain of the host said. He said, no. Are you for us or are you for them? No. He's not for either one of you. That breaks up your theology a little bit, doesn't it? You see, there are some things you can only see through grace. And what grace does, it reveals that man's perception is very limited. We see things through the blinders that we put on. But grace opens that up. And the human perspective only considers certain things. We often see things for the perspective of who benefits. Are you for us? That's what I need. I need an angel fighting for us. And sometimes we only see things through how, we, how we're benefited by things. But I'm just telling you, grace is not about how it benefits you, even though grace does. Grace is about how it honors a holy God. Grace shows you that God's purpose is specific. He says, I'm not for either one of you. I am sent as the captain of the host to remind you of one thing and one thing only, that the battle is the Lord's. That's why I'm here. Grace shows you that man is designed to worship. When man can set his desires aside and see God clearly, he responds in worship. Captain of the host said, look, take off, loose your shoe, take it off, because the place you are standing is holy ground. I just want you to understand this. Worship not only involves reverence and praise, but it involves submission and servanthood. You see, he says, grace shows you that all of life is sacred. He said, take off your shoe. The place where you stand is holy. Why is it holy? Because God's here. The believer is to be constantly in the presence of the Lord, so all of life then is to be set aside as holy. 
Joshua 6, we see a victory at Jericho. There are some things you can only experience by completely submitting to God. Understand, the army has just gone through a painful removal of the flesh. They're not really prepared to go to battle. The captain host says, it's not your battle anyway. It's my battle. All I want you to do, I want you to follow in my instructions. You be submissive and obedient, and I will give you a victory like you've never seen before. He said, but I want you to stay straight. He said, what's going to happen? You're going to walk around. You know the story. Walking around one time each day for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day. And then what happens? The walls come tumbling down. And we, we make children's songs out of these things, and we fail to recognize the significance of it. Because what happened, the walls came tumbling down, no doubt, and now you've got, got all this rubble in front of the army. He says, what you have to do to go obtain this city is to walk over the rubble. Stay straight. Just climb over the thing that's in front of you. I can tell you, obstacles are coming. Coming soon, obstacles are coming. Stay straight. Climb over the obstacles. Just keep moving forward, doing what God would have you to do. There are some things that you can only experience by complete submission to God. But then the great victory of Joshua chapter 6 in Jericho is there. It's followed by chapter 7. In chapter 7, we see the sin of Achan. We see the defeat of Ai. And this is what I want you to understand from this. There are some choices that you will make in life that will impact you and your family forever. Not in a good way. He thought he was doing a good thing. He saw some gold. He saw some silver. He saw a good Babylonian garment. He saw some good things. He said, you know what? I'm going to take this for myself and for my family. I believe he wanted what was best for his family, but the way he went about it was not the way God would have him do it. And you can want the best for your family, and you can talk about how much you love your family, but I can tell you this. If you don't do it God's way, you're going to hurt your family. I'm just telling you, it's the truth. So, I don't have time to go into this a whole lot, but I will tell you this. Let me just tell you the end of this story. They all died. The guy that sinned and his children, they were all stoned. He said, that's not fair. God is a holy God. If he lets any of us, any of us survive, it's his mercy. It's fair. God doesn't have to give mercy to any of us. Joshua chapter 9 talks about the Gibeonites. These guys were just afraid. They were afraid, so they came and made an alliance. They made an agreement with the nation of Israel. Let me just tell you something. If you want to read through this book, I want you to do one thing for me as you read through the book of Joshua. Find all the mentions of prayer. And when you find the prayer, you're going to find the prayer of power and the prayer of faith. But you're also going to find that the prayer without purity is futile doesn't mean anything, doesn't help at all. And prayerlessness will cause you to make decisions that are not right. And that's what happened here. They didn't consult at the mouth of the Lord. And because of that, they made, an, they made a, a partnership, an alliance, a relationship that wasn't what God intended. There are some relationships that will hinder your effectiveness in accomplishing God's will in your life. That can be a business relationship. 
It can be a relationship with a marriage partner. It can be a lot of different things. It can be a friendship. But I can just tell you this. If you have an ill-advised relationship that's not in accordance with God's principles, it's going to impact you negatively. And you're not going to be able to be as effective for Christ as you want to be. Well, that's all sad stuff. I can tell you the victorious Christian life is not always where we make good decisions in the land of promise all the time. But I can tell you this. Let me tell you about Joshua 14. In Joshua 14, the land was divided amongst the people. Caleb was given the mountain. There are some blessings you can only obtain by consistent faithfulness. Not just momentary faithfulness, but consistent faithfulness. Forty years earlier, Joshua and Caleb went to the land and said, Hey, this is a great place. God wants to give us. Let's go get it. Ten of the spies says no. They said, come on, we can do it. We got God. So we can't do it. The people rebelled. They did not get the promised land at that time. They walked for 40 years. And Caleb and Joshua were faithful for 40 years in the wilderness. And now the blessing has been delayed, but it's going to be remarkable. He says, give me the mountain. I want where the giants are. That's what I want. I will tell you what I want in my life, and I hope you want it for you. I want all the blessings God wants for me. I do. You say, well, that's pretty selfish. No, it's not. It's just being where God wants you to be. I want the will of God in my life, and I want all the blessings he wants me to have so that I can be a blessing to other people. Caleb wanted the mountain, and God gave it to him. There are some things that you cannot obtain except through Consistent faithfulness. And then I want to talk to you about Joshua 22. There are two and a half tribes that stayed on the other side of the Jordan. What they did, they came and they fought as the rest of the tribes went through the land of Canaan. They went through, and God had given them permission to stay back on this side. He said, I just want you to fight. And they came through, and we see the altar of witness. And what happened here... I think is one of the things that can really impact us as a church. There are some assumptions and presumptions that would destroy unity and create distrust among God's people. The folks on that side of the river assume certain things and presume certain things that were not so about the folks on this side of the river. Even though they fought together side by side, even though they were hand-to-hand next to each other in battling the nations of the land. Now, when these guys go back and these guys stay on this side, they look and say, something's wrong. God's people must be careful not to presume they know the motives of others. They presumed their presumption flowed from their knowledge. They knew the principles God had established pertaining to worship And this resulted in quick and severe action. They said, let's go to war. Let's just destroy those people because they're doing something a little different than we do. God's people must proceed prudently when confronting sin. God's people must not respond rashly when their actions are questioned by others. And God's people must be able to clearly communicate why we do what we do. We need to know. 
We need to be able to accept differences between those other believers. They're not sinful. They're not heretical. They're just different. And we need to be able to accept those differences and move forward and honor God. And then I want to take you to one last place, Joshua 24. There's a choice and a commitment to be made that will determine the direction and course of your life. We have a young couple. They're going to make some vows tomorrow. And I can just tell you this. The commitment you make tomorrow is going to change the direction of your life. I can guarantee you that. Nothing will ever be the same, all right? (laughs) Nothing will ever be the same. But I can also tell you this. When you make the commitment that Joshua encourages us to make, you are determining your future. He says this. He says, I don't know about you. I don't know who you want to follow. Now, God's given us this. God's given us a blessing. He's given us all this stuff. And what are you going to do with it? He knew some would follow the gods of the land. He knew some would follow the gods of Egypt. He knew some would follow the gods that came from Ur of the Chaldees. He knew that. He said, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I want you to know that that is the thing that determines the direction of your life. You say, man, I'm old. I I think I've wasted a lot of my time. Yeah, you might have. You may still have tomorrow. If God gives you one day tomorrow, then you live that day knowing that Jesus Christ loves you more than anything else. And you make that decision, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You say, I can't make a decision for my house anymore. They're no longer there. Well, let me just tell you this. If they're in your house... If they're in your house, then you make the decision. Don't let people bring stuff into you. Oh, man, I'm thinking about Hezekiah. Hezekiah Hezekiah was a great king of Israel. And what he did, he came and showed Babylon everything that was in his house. Everything. And you know what? They took it all. I'm just telling you this. You be careful about what you let come into your house. You be careful about who you let bring it in. And if they're in your household, you control that. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Be willing to accept and embrace God's will for your life. Recognize there are some places you can only go by faith. Some things you can only learn through pain. There are some things you can only see through grace. There are some things you can only experience by completely submitting to God. There are some choices that will affect you and your family forever. There are some relationships that will hinder your walk with God. There are some blessings that you can only obtain by consistent faithfulness. Start today. Start today. Be faithful. And there are some assumptions that are destructive It will destroy unity among God's people. 
But then there's a choice, there's a commitment that will determine the direction and the course of your life. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Walk far. Walk as far as you can walk. And let God show you the blessings that he wants you to have. They're not all going to be the same. But I can guarantee you this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I got faith. Yes, I do. I got faith. How about you? Let's pray. Father, we ask that you bless your word. We thank you for the remarkable story of Joshua. We thank you for his life. We ask you, Lord, that you will help us to understand what it really means to live in the land of promise, to know what that victorious life is truly all about. Father, we ask that you will change our hearts today. As we end this year and we look back and we can say it was hard, we can expect difficulties in the new year. Help us, Lord, to walk far for you and see you do great things, things that we can't even imagine. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.